Today's podcast topic is team challenges. We're going to be discussing common challenges that you have when running teams. I'm Louise and this is Diane. And Diane, we've just produced a webinar. Quite a, lots of people turned up on that one and we had a special guest. Yeah, we had Warren. Warren from Bright HR yeah, helping us out. Um, So it was a bit of a fun webinar. I got the fun job of looking like a fairly incompetent business owner setting. uh, I I wouldn't say fake scenarios. They were real scenarios. So maybe I am a fairly incompetent business. I think we all all go through learning, don't we? You learn as you go. Yeah, Um, we went went through six scenarios, didn't we, of challenges that we've all had in in our teams. You know, let's face it, none of us are immune to these challenges. And we just basically talked through as a group how we could take a three step approach to solving those team challenges. And we realized it was all your fault, didn't we, Louise? That seems to be the conclusion in every scenario. No matter what my staff or team did, it was my fault. But that's the reality, isn't it? Like, I can affect quite a lot. And and what happens in my business, in my team, unfortunately, I probably did contribute in some way to it. Yeah. And it was it was really interesting. And, and the three-step approach was basically that when you've got a team challenge, you have to try and figure out, is it the actual, is it the problem that's presenting itself or is there something else going on? What is the actual specific problem? Then you have to decide, is it your fault? Are you contributing in some way to the to the challenge? Um, and then finally, what are the solutions? So we kind of took a three step approach to six different scenarios, didn't we? And it was a really intense session, actually, at times. Um, although, like I said, I did really enjoy that it was all your fault. <laughs> it was. So I'm going to give a scenario and then you can tell me it's my fault, as I already know it's clearly my fault. So <laughs> I'm going to give you the scenario. So I had a team member didn't turn up this morning. Um, it they're meant to be in work for nine o'clock, didn't turn up, uh, couldn't get hold of her. She actually eventually called me at 12 o'clock to say it was gastroenteritis. But when she didn't turn up at nine o'clock, her teammate um, said that they saw on, I think it was WhatsApp, maybe, it might be Facebook, might be WhatsApp. Anyway, she was still out at six o'clock in the morning partying and now she hasn't turned up for work. Wow, this is my fault. How? <laughs> <laughs> the fake sicky. Wonderful. Yeah. Fake, fake sicky. Now, at nine o'clock, like one of the first questions you asked me was, wow, you know, do you, what did you do? And I was like, well, <laughs> when someone calls in sick, my first priority is how am I going to rearrange the day to get as many of those cleans covered as possible? Did I talk to the person that reported it? Did I go into a lot of detail? No, I knew that they weren't going to be in. And I dealt with that quickly, as most of us business owners do. Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges of dealing with that sort of team challenge is that you do have to react. You have to reschedule. You have to juggle some of your other team members around. You have to phone clients. You have so many other things to do that it's often an hour later where you realize now I've got to deal with the other problem, which is what's caused all that challenge in the first place. So, yeah, it's it's hard to just deal with things so quickly on the move, isn't it? It's really tough. So, um. So, yeah. So should we go on to how this is my fault? My, yeah, let's go on to how this is my fault. No. I didn't so we, with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked you a few questions, didn't we, during the masterclass about this particular challenge, which was, you know, how are they meant to report absences? You know, are they meant to, and you, I think you said they've got to phone before a certain time. They've got to phone before eight o'clock in the morning. That didn't yeah. happen. Didn't didn't happen. Then the questions were around, you know, how do you know that it's true? You know, is there, you know, is there any likelihood that 
it's not true. They'd said that they'd seen it on WhatsApp, but the post had been taken down now. So they said that they'd seen it, but... Um, I mean, I trust the person. I mean, I totally trust that this is true, uh, but no, I don't have any evidence. Yeah. They saw it, but the post was taken down. Didn't you all also say that this wasn't a one-off occurrence, that she had had a level of absence before? So she had done a similar thing sort of four or five months ago. I mean, it's not a regular thing, but yeah, four or five months ago, yes, she'd done something similar. Um, but, you know, I thought it was a one-off then. Yeah. And and I think one of the, the realities of it, because there, there was no evidence from a disciplinary point of view, it was hard to take any action, wasn't it? Because you actually don't have any actual evidence. Um, the other team member wouldn't give any kind of statement, would they? To no, say she didn't want to get involved. She wasn't going to write a statement saying this happened. And like, no one's going to do that to their teammates. So I have no evidence. There's no proof that what they're saying is true. I totally believed it. But um. And, and then the other question that I got asked is, what do you normally do when somebody doesn't turn up? And I said, normally I'd have a chat with them. You know, I'd say this isn't acceptable and, you know, hope that they stop it. And most of the time they do. Yeah, don't do it again, kind of saying. Don't do it again, no. I mean, I'm a nice boss. I'm, you know, this is a, still a scenario I'm not. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I am. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you were saying don't do it again or else. It was kind of like, so we talked, didn't we, about, well, what would the consequences be, you know, for somebody that did this once, which this person has done, and then she's done it again. It, whether she was out on a night out or not, she's not followed procedure. So we, we kind of asked you, didn't you, what would you normally do in this scenario? Well, this kind of scenario doesn't happen very often, but because I haven't been consistent with past people that have done it, I've just said, oh, don't do it again. Apparently, I can't now issue a disciplinary on this particular one because I didn't issue it on all past ones. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah. So you were a bit stuck, weren't you, in the, in this case where it was the, the the HR advice was basically, have you got evidence? No. Okay. So you can't do a disciplinary that she has actually been out partying, and it's a it's a, it is a fake sickie, and you can't enforce the absence procedure because you don't consistently enforce it with anybody else. So. In this scenario, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting because you were stuck both ways, weren't you? And it's quite common that we do get into these situations and we're like, oh, no, I've ignored a problem and now I can't deal with it because I ignored it. So it's, it just goes round and round in circles, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and I mean, this is, again, it's a scenario, but it's not that uncommon a scenario. And how many times do we speak to business owners that have exactly this where you go, you really need to be do a disciplinary, but you really can't do a disciplinary because you have it in the past. So it's unfair treatment. And what do you do? So you kind of have to then ignore this one. And then you go, okay, so at what point do you start stepping in? And um, it's really tough. So then do the only thing I've got to go on is the fact that they didn't follow absence reporting procedures. And then, you know, at best can give them written warning I suppose an advisory to do it better next time because it's the first time I come down on it yeah and I suppose the whole scenario is just a lesson in consistency in having policies in place but not just having them in place and then not following them you know you've actually got to enforce them it consistently for everybody you know and I think we've probably talked about this before where back to work interviews make them fill out a form you know have all those policies in place and it and it it helps but if you don't we've just added a brilliant back to work interview form haven't we i know because i helped write it yeah, you did. yeah so that's in the member documents isn't it for our level two members so they've got they've got no excuse they they have to do their back to work interview forms because we provide them for them to make it easier 
Yeah, it's really good. And I think that was quite interesting because it seems really obvious on the surface. You know, this person, boys are sicky. They're out partying till six in the morning. You know, how is that possibly my fault? But actually, the consequences are entirely my fault. And you go, oh, honestly, as a manager in this team webinar thing, God, I took a battering. It was all my fault. (laughs) So we'll go on to the next one. It's my fault as well. But like, it is, you know, as a manager, I'm going to have to now learn from that. and go, okay, so now the policies that I had in place, I now have to enforce more regularly. And and I'm a great believer, actually, that that's how, you're, that's how you grow with your business. Every challenge you come across, when you deal with it, instead of ignoring it, when you actually deal with it, you learn from it and you grow and it gets easier next time. So avoiding it never makes it easier. It just gets worse. And, and I think if you talk to you and I, like one-on-one, we don't tend to confess it quite as much on the podcast. We, I mean, these are common scenarios, but we don't really suffer this particularly, do we? Like it happens occasionally, but when it get, happens, it gets dealt with quickly, fast, boom, there's a process, deal with it. And it, it might crop up one, two times a month with big size teams. So, you know, we can't stop it happening, but it is dealt with the right way. And there's probably very few challenges in our, I think we're probably between us got 20 something years of experience. So it's scary, Um, but it happens. We've had been through so many scenarios that they don't phase us in the same way, perhaps. And we're not emotional about it. It's just like, oh, another problem. Great. Let's solve this one and move on to the next. You know, that's. That's it's kind do. of oh another fake sicky where's the template whack yeah. that out them <laughs> exactly yeah okay. yeah so what was the other scenario one of the other scenarios that we were talking about we're going for whinging aren't we really? who doesn't love a bit of whinge yeah oh yeah love it well I don't love a whinge I hate it but I yeah I'm aware that it's just there all okay, the time so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my scenario about whinging so yeah. I've got I've got a team of nine okay I think I had nine okay I've got a team of nine and um, they were all kind of whinging. It really hit a sort of a bit of a head for me. They've been whinging for a while. It's been going on really the last couple of months. It's bugging me. I don't really like seeing them. They're kind of whinging the whole time. And I can't put my finger on exactly what they're whinging about. It's just It seems constant. They're whinging about the hours. They're whinging about the kit. They're whinging about me. They're whinging about life in general. Um, And then I went and saw a customer and they were saying, oh, yeah, the cleaners don't like the clean they did just before me. Oh, you know, they've got a dog. You know, not great. I was like, oh, they did what? (laughs) Um, It feels like the whinging. I thought it would just go away. It seemed to start from nowhere. Uh, I thought it would go away. But this seems just a little bit too far feels like it's infectious. Yeah, it feels like when's it going to stop? And if I'm honest, the biggest problem isn't even they said that to the customer. The biggest problem is I don't like seeing them. I don't like being in my own business. Um, I am now starting to dislike work. And, you know, I, I ran a business to enjoy work. And now I just am um, hating it. And so what I'm finding is I'm hiding away more and more in the office. I'm quite lucky. I went hands off about two months ago. And I'm hiding more and more in the office. I don't want to see them. And that's not great. No, it's not. And I can I can see that happening with a lot of people. And I think, you know, the situation that you were in, I know you're not in that situation now. Um, but it's scared, you, you almost get scared of your own staff at some point. Yeah. And you go, why is, I I couldn't put my finger on why this was happening. So you get to ask me questions around it. Go on, find out why it's happening. So what questions did we ask you? We asked, well, we asked, is it all of them or is it a smaller number that you could sort of 
yeah, so it, it feels like all of them, but there's three in particular. There's three that I feel are sort of good friends outside work. They're like the core. They're like the in crowd. There's kind of two that have been with me a couple of years. And one of them's really only joined in the last four months. But the three of them apparently are best friends now. And I think we asked you questions about has there been any changes in your team or the way you work? I mean, you said you at this point you'd stepped away from the cleaning side and we felt maybe that had unsettled your team. Yeah, so about four months ago. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? That we go hands off. Isn't that the dream for so many smaller cleaning business owners? They go hands off. So four months ago, I finally took the plunge. I went hands off. Honestly, my business is booming now. It couldn't be going any better, but I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I went hands off, so I'm not out and about cleaning anymore. But you know, so much office work needs to be done. My stress levels have dropped right down. I'm a much nicer person. Um, and I'm not working every evening, but that's really the only kind of difference. But I'm so much nicer to them now. So surely that's a good thing. Well, they don't seem to appreciate it. So they feel that there's a bit of an us and them going on was kind of, you know, the, the feeling as well, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe now that I'm out, not hands on working with them, you know, I don't think they know what I even do. I'm swamped, but they've got no idea. And they're like, oh, look at you sat at home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're out slaving away, earning your money. Yeah, I think in the in the masterclass we were again. It was it was all your fault, Louise, because it was <laughs> obviously. But it was really around how were you um, dealing with it, and and it was felt that you were kind of trying to hope it would go away. I was being nice, you know. They'd whinge, they'd sort of sympathise, try and solve their problem a little bit. You know, I just didn't understand where it was coming from. And I think the advice was really, you need to face it. You need to get them in a room, talk about negativity, talk about their challenges and give them a bit of an open forum, really, to kind of discuss any challenges. Terrifying. Can you imagine as a small business owner, I'm now there whinging the whole time. Do you really think I want to get them all in a room and what's standing in front of them? I'm afraid of public speaking at the best of times. Clearly, I'm not because I'm on a podcast, but I, let's say I am. I don't want to stand in front of all nine of them at the same time. But that goes back to the how are you contributing to the problem? And by avoiding facing up to it, by hiding from your team, by not actually calling them out on the fact that they're whinging, then you're causing the problem to grow. Mm. it's hard though isn't it like I mean do I talk one-on-one to them what do I really say and it's obvious where they spoke to the customer what I can speak to them about but there are so many smaller examples and you think am I just being petty assuming that you're just being petty though is helping you avoid it you're saying that it helps you avoid it and I know that Warren from Bright HR said that starting those difficult conversations is the hardest bit once you get going it gets easier but it's, it's always the facing up to the start of it and kind of the deep breath, isn't it? I don't want to do this, but if I don't do it, I'm going to keep hiding. And it's hard because, like, I'm really scared of un- uh, making my staff unhappy. I, if one of them leaves, I am I'm back on the tools again, and I really don't want to do that. So I sort of want it to all be fine. Like, if I deal with this, what if I make it worse is one of my fears. Yeah. And, I'm really and I think, character here, aren't I? I'm like, come on. Yeah, you are. I feel really bad for you. But <laughs> but actually it's a common thing with it being so having been so difficult to recruit for the last few years that sometimes we get to the stage where we will put up with things for so long when actually we should deal with it, but we're scared to deal with it because we're scared they'll leave and then we won't have staff. And actually, you know, you need to deal with it because you will have no staff anyway in the long run if you don't deal with those team challenges. So yeah 
it's kind of a catch 22, isn't it? They might, you might lose them quickly, but you're going to lose them slowly if you don't deal with it. So, yeah. So I think the conclusion on our masterclass was kind of really that apart from, like I say, all your fault. I love saying that, Louise, but actually that we need to step up and, and sort of develop our management skills in order to deal with the team challenges, but also have some clear boundaries. And, and actually there was not in particularly in these two scenarios, but a lot of the scenarios were we need to be quite supportive in this first instance to see if we can solve the problem that way, didn't we? So it was. Yeah, is the, is the whinging coming from something's going wrong at home? Is, is actually something wrong in your business? You know, maybe there is something behind all of this because, yes, the whinging is the symptom, but where is it all coming from? Um, and maybe, you know, maybe they've got a, a genuine gripe, you know, maybe there is something and maybe we need to put something in place where they can actually let us know if there's a problem. And I think somebody suggested a whinge box and and I think there's a nicer way of putting that, isn't there? I think, but suggestion or thoughts box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So ways that we can improve, you know, that's that's a more positive way than kind of like, look, just tell me all, you know, everything that I'm doing wrong. Nobody wants to stand in a room hearing everything they're doing wrong. There's a way of managing that process. Can I tell you what I did? I actually didn't actually talk about this on the webinar. World's biggest mistake, right? So when it all starts to go wrong, because this did actually happen to me good good years ago now. And um, I decided in my wisdom, as lots of us do, if you've been in a corporate environment, I decided to do, you know where you get like a 360 degree review. So you ask <laughs> the staff, so nice Microsoft form, right? Fill it in. It's all anonymous. Um, or I might have done it on paper, I can't remember, but it was all anonymous. And I asked them some very key questions about the business and about me and what was going on. Oh my God. Oh, never do that. <laughs> never do that. Well, do do that, but you've got to be prepared for the outcome. I was like, <laughs> you've got to be in an emotional, stable state to take that battering because they didn't hold back. And I was like, <laughs> that's really funny because I did that probably 10 years ago. And yeah. a bit like you, a bit of corporate background. Let's, you know, let them give us feedback. And yeah, they did not hold back. And there was some really nice stuff in there, you know, but there was some brutal stuff in there. And, and actually the consequence as well were that there was an expectation that we would fix all those problems. Yeah. Um, and that has to be managed because there were some things in there were just like, just part of the job, mate. <laughs> so can't fix that. <laughs> so. uh, do you know, I was actually given this, this is off topic slightly. And one of my first jobs, it wasn't in cleaning. It was actually in, uh, I was in an admin type job, sales admin. And um, I was put at the age of, how old was I? 21, fresh out of uni. And I was in charge of this team of five admin. And they said, right, take them all in. They're not very happy. Find out what's wrong. And I'd only been there like a month. And I stood there and I wrote all the problems on the whiteboard. And I was like, yeah, look at me writing all the problems. They were run happy about loads of stuff. And then I went to my manager and I was like, here's all the problems. And she was like, right, what are you going to do? I was like, I, I don't have any solutions. And then obviously they weren't solved and the team was so unhappy. It would have been better had I not yes. done them. Yeah, exactly the same scenario, isn't it? Yeah. Give, ask them to give you all their problems. They, they expect you to solve them. So be prepared or frame it up in the right way that this is a suggestion, not I need you to fix this. <laughs> I've long since learned now, this is sound terrible. I like to not ask people what their problems are unless I'm <laughs> paid to solve them. Like, if you want to pay me to solve them, I will do. Otherwise, let's not ask. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to ask, don't you? Because you need to get to the root of the problem. So yeah, but it's it's dangerous territory sometimes. Isn't it? I forget this goes out to the public, these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think it's just me and you chatting. <laughs> but that's why, you know, that's why being a cleaning business owner is 
brilliant in some ways because we learn so much. It's don't get me wrong, we know it's tough. And you know, these scenarios that we talked about in, in the mass, there were six of them, you know, they were they were tough scenarios, but they were scenarios that we've all had to deal with. But actually, for me, I, that's what I love about being a business owner is solving problems. What's interesting is every different scenario had multiple solutions and you had to decide which one would be right for your business. And um, obviously it was a bit tricky because, you know, they weren't real problems for me. So I could talk about what I then chose to do. And some of my answers were actually different to some of the suggestions that came up. Um, But you know your business and you know the people better. But the one thing is don't ignore it. Do something. I think that's the number one lesson is it won't go away. No. They never do. Problems that ignored always get bigger for some reason. They do. And um, yeah, I have had all these problems. And the one thing you learn is not just to solve it, but what you have to put in place to prevent it happening again. So I know a lot of these problems that I've had in the past just wouldn't happen now because it would either get jumped on too early. the, the, The setup's different. It just isn't a problem. And you and I talk to a lot of business owners where they're having these and you think, oh yeah, I remember that. And then you go, this is what you need to do, but yeah. Yeah. But it's it's part of being a business owner. You just have to solve those problems day in day out. So we're not going to talk talk specifically about the other the other challenges, but I, I, one of my um well, my favorite was the fake sicky one, I think, was the fake sicky because it was such a dilemma from an HR point of view. How do how do I deal with this? Um, but there were there was a scenario in there about refusing to go to a particular client, not wanting to work with a new team member, the bad apple that you really need to manage out of your business and what's going on with them. We escalated that. We had a pregnant bad apple, didn't we? Did. We? we had a pregnant bad apple. Apple, but like the worst kind of bad apple you can have is a pregnant one. Um, and then team members falling out. They were best friends outside of work and then they fell out and it, yeah, then they wanted to be split up, didn't they? So there were some really, really good, and we say scenarios, but actually all these things have happened. I think I've had every single one of those um, and probably another 20 different ones as well on top over the 14 years I've been in business. So we all face them, but we took that approach to what is the problem? What what are we doing to contribute to it? And what are the solutions? And if you just take that systematic approach, it's not going to be perfect, but you'll make a lot more progress than just facing it with emotion or ignoring it all the time. And if you don't know what you're doing to contribute, because it's quite hard to criticize yourself sometimes, whack it on the members group. Oh, they'll tell <laughs> you. Tell you. <laughs> you want to know why you're at fault? Oh, they didn't hold back for yeah. me. What am I doing wrong? Oh, here you go. Here's your list. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's the nice thing about having an online community. You know, they aren't going to do the niceties. Your friends will be lovely to you. How could they do that, Louise? How could they pull a fake sicky? Oh, 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 online they won't. <laughs> they will tell you why it's your fault. Yeah, but you know, I mean, yeah. Sometimes it, it, it and our community is not harsh at all, really, in the scheme of things, but. You know that you're going to get real, honest advice from people that have been there, done that. Whereas, like you said, your friends are just going to go, oh, gosh, that's terrible, Diane. How awful. You're really lovely. Why would they do that to you? And actually, you know, that's lovely because obviously you want your friends to be supportive, but they're not going to be able to give you advice because they're not a cleaning business owner, you know, actually facing somebody that's, you know, been out partying all night and not turned up for work. There is one exception to that, Diane. If you work with your partner, uh, they don't mind telling you why it's your fault. <laughs> I think that's why my learning curve was so steep. I was like, seriously? You've done it wrong again, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you managed that situation wrong? Really, did I? They walked out in tears. Of course I managed it wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah didn't really need you to tell me that yeah but that, there are there are bonuses to working with your husband I'm sure <laughs> one Sorry, day Mark, I, I couldn't work with mine <laughs> is he hiding he just brings you cups of tea he's too nice he to you yeah <laughs> Perfect. Right. So that's the end of our podcast for today. Team challenges. We could do loads more of these on team challenges. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. And I think we're coming dangerously close to our awards now, aren't we? We want people entries to be in. We've said mid-November. Mid-November. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, I'm up. I think we're looking at the 20th of November because we need time because the three most important ones. So we've got brilliant now, the best domestic cleaning sponsored by SIBO. Um, so that is going to be a good one winning that one you know that's going to have a nice lot of fanfare about that so yes we need some time because the three big ones so best domestic cleaner best holiday let and best deep clean I really hope that's the topic I think it's that best deep clean so those three topics need to be voted on so if you are in the top five for any of those three then it goes out to the public so the rest are judged by the judges but we need time for the public to vote on those ones so if you are entering those ones you need to be getting in those nice and early so 20th of November that's our cutoff point I'm going to start advertising that we'll start talking about some of our brilliant corporate sponsors SIBO brilliant we love them I use them um like a blatant plug there for SIBO uh, really good and reliable and uh, sponsoring the best awards so it makes them the best company and uh, any other corporate sponsors are welcome right now <laughs> Fantastic. so the actual awards are on the 26th of January aren't they so yeah we do have a bit of a deadline 20th of November for your entries then we're going to um, the judges are going to judge on nine categories and three categories and then pick the top five and then public vote time so yeah it, public uh, vote and then winners get these lovely um like glass cut awards really really nice they look amazing these went all over social media they're standing nicely in everyone's um office on their desks we've done a podcast recently with last year's winner james oh my goodness what a difference the year has made since he won it last year his business has rocketed um he moved into commercial cleaning he's now winning hundreds hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of contracts um and part of that is off the back of he won this and then he went on off the back of the confidence of winning the dcbn one he then went on to win i think best of scotland cleaning and his business and he made the most of it that's oh he did publicity central and that's the point about this we want cleaners to be recognized we think the whole industry needs to be recognized more so we want you to enter these we want you to win but even if you don't win we want you to have the confidence to keep entering so please 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 enter because this is about you guys like I now know we've got entries for all of these. I know we will have winners out there, but this is about your experience of entering. Um, And, you know, you might be the best. I don't care that you're a one-man band and you don't think that highly of yourself. Our judges have done podcasts and they've all said what they're looking for. And it was really interesting on those podcasts. It was, what was it, Drive? um, Drive was mentioned a lot. People doing things that are slightly different. Passion, I think, was a big word, wasn't it? Yeah. So, guys, you've got to get passion across in a paragraph. One paragraph to show you are passionate. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. But once you've done it once, like Louise says, you can then enter lots of different awards. So it's worth doing just for that reason. But it's even more worth doing because you might actually win. Love it. Love it. Thank you. And, you get to be, and if you win, you get to be on the podcast. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I love these podcasts. <laughs> I love them. And thank you for listening, everyone, for our, for our rambling. We started off quite well on this one, didn't we? And then we 
Oh, off we went. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Louise. See you on the Thank next you. one. Bye.